frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Yeah, you're coming now. Welcome to Wrestling Daft, the Marks. Hailing from Larbert, weighing in at 178 pounds, I am John, producer of Wrestling Daft. Uh, and with me, I bring with me two fellow Marks. To my left on the Zoom call as we speak, a man bigger than the shots Hangman Page was pouring during the Stadium Stampede match at Double or Nothing, it's Big Alex. Oh, are we, John? But the real question is, am I bigger than the bill that they drummed up during Double or Nothing? Was, it, was that a big bill? I did not hear that. Oh, I'd it. imagine it would have been with those I, two. I suspect, I suspect it would be. Uh, and below him on the Zoom screen, you can't, obviously if you're listening, you can't see this, uh, a man who drops more names than Mark Hardy changed character at Double or Nothing, it's Gary Cassidy. Hello, how's it going? Very well, thanks. Very well. I noticed today, guys, um, usually when we're doing the March podcast, Gary will generally have a beer in his hand. Alex, you tend to have a beer in your hand as well, but... Has post lock is locked in got to you now, boys? Because Alex, you're drinking tea, and Gary, you're drinking a slush puppy. <laughs> I'm just more quite busy with work that I probably have to go and do more work after this podcast. So oh, uh, I thought I thought I'd be be sensible here. Yeah, I don't even have that excuse. Yeah, aye, mine is just a I slightly bored of drinking. As a one of our regular listeners, Goshi, uh, who is never sick of drinking, he's always tweeting saying he's getting uh, MD twenty twenty. Maybe he's drinking enough for Roy's. Um, I'm, I'm on the slush puppies today and probably for the foreseeable I know, I'm actually getting, I think you've taken the word right out of my mouth, I'm getting sick of drinking as well. Getting sick of drinking. Though I have got 40 brew dog arriving in the next few days, so that might start again. Uh, Did you send them an aggressive email that they ruined your double or nothing Saturday? No, I've not sent that. But talking of double or nothing, I need to go out. I need to go out and buy extra beer for double or nothing. Uh, we had a bit of a Patreon party where we all watched it together. Myself and Alex. Uh, thanks to our patrons, Gab, Stevie, Scott, Shane, Tom, Sean, all the guys who joined us on Saturday night. I got silly drunk so much so that I had to actually go back today when I realised. Actually, I can't remember anything from Double or Nothing because I was that drunk. So I had to go and recap on it today. But let's talk about Double or Nothing. Um, let's come to you first, Alex, because AEW is your thing. Um, what did you make of it? Oh, it was great, was it not? It was great from start to finish. I mean, if you wanted to start picking holes in it, you can essentially say you probably could have dropped the Sean Spears match. But it was kind of worth it to see Tully Blanchard's face on his crotch. <laughs> so it maybe wasn't worth 10 minutes of pay-per-view but all in all great show the production was great the talent was great the results I think were fantastic I don't think anyone can really complain I, originally I thought it was going to be a little bit of a predictable card but we had the debut of Brian Cage who looked immediately like a main eventer they buried him under a massive chip and he had to hulk and he-man himself back out of it and I think Brody Lee versus John Mopsley pleasantly surprised us all yeah. Very pleasantly. And I think that match can just be dubbed the match that Vince hated. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they did another good job to not uh, to make everything feel a little bit different, like especially like in the Moxley Brody match, you had the nice spot in the ramp and it left them like so they did weren't repeating spots by the time they got to the spot fest that was that main event. And, and let's just talk with you about the main event before we move on to Gary, Alex. What did, there is a lot of people out there, you know, Twitter, again, is probably split over it because you'll get the rest of it. Oh, my God, it makes a mockery of the business, da, da, da. 
Uh, and the other wrestling fans that went, that is just balls out brilliant entertainment. What did you make of it? Oh, balls out brilliant entertainment. I've been a big fan of this whole pre-produced wrestling matches from the get-go and I'm biased, yes, but this was the best. This, I think, was what we wanted money in the bank to be, essentially. I mean, I was in the same boat as you, John, in terms of alcohol consumption. So I wrote a bit of a list of everything that happened and I woke up on Sunday morning and I'm not sure how much of this is true. But, you know, we had, we had Hangman Page on the horse. We had, like, the full cheerleaders, like you can see there. Matt got drowned several times and got reincarnated into new characters. Fucking San, Santee's got his head in a bell. There was... Jericho gave a Judas effect to a mascot at one point, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a great little buckshot lariat over Kenny Omega. Matt did Northern Light suplexes all the way up the field, kind of hooking back to BTE 200 in the match with Nick. And then you had... Fucking Hardy and Omega were back on the golf club, got back on the golf cart. And to top it all off, Sammy Guevara has to be just AEW's go-to bump man. We just have to call him bump from now on because it's <laughs> week after week. He's just been, the boy's just been abused. And that one-winged angel off the set-up stage, oh, oh that was brilliant ending, brilliant ending. And yeah, I thought it was just terrific, fantastic from start to finish. Yeah. Gary, what, what, what was your take on it? This might be the most boring podcast ever because I agree with absolutely everything oh, you guys have said. Uh, so, like, uh, I, I watched it mainly the next day. Uh, the one thing I need to do first is put myself over because I believe last week I said Brian Cage was going to be the guy that was. Uh, do you know what? So, uh, yeah, it was acknowledged on the Patreon party, Gary. It was acknowledged. I think with all the releases, we um, all just, Brian Cage just flew under everyone's radar. We all just kind of forgot about it. We were like, yeah, Brian Cage is still in there. Quiet, Gary. That's nonsense. But no, no. <laughs> I love the journal was on the money. I think him and Taz is a great partnership. But yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I could have done without the Dustin Rhodes, uh, Sean Spears match. And I feel bad saying that because I love Dustin Rhodes and I'm a fan of Sean Spears as well. But I could have done without that. The Stadium Stampede match, everything Alex said, and one other thing that I absolutely loved during it. Um, I can't remember if it was Santana or Ortiz, one of them done the Irish whip from No Mercy to transition into a backstage segment uh, from the stadium. But no, I thought it was amazing. The one thing I'll say as well, um, I was on the, the conference or the media call with Cody Rhodes, sadly didn't get a question in, but he said that the match he was most looking forward to, apart from his own one obviously, was MGF versus Jungle Boy because it would give a snapshot of the future of AEW. Yeah. And man, I don't even think the future, I think that's like the immediate future of those two. Could, you could put a championship on either. Yeah. And I, think mm. it'd be I, thought, I thought it was one of the standout matches of the night. I'm glad, you know, it was a, a, just a solid baby face against a heel in MGF, just an always disgusting heel tactic. It was great. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, do you think that puts a, a line under Inner Circle versus the Elite then? Do you think that's it done? I think so. I think this is maybe what they were, what they wanted blood and guts to do, and I can see them maybe trying to kind of push them both off. I think they've got to kind of finish up the story with Kenny and Hangman, and do you know what I mean? You could maybe start to push Santino and Ortiz a little bit, start to push the uh, some of the members of the inner circle a little bit more individually, like Sammy and Santis, just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, do you know what? I was really surprised as well. The the big surprise, probably the, the most surprising result of the night, was Shida getting the the women's title. Actually. But how good did she look? I mean, she's been carrying that division, like especially in the ring since oh the beginning of AEW. I would say she's yeah. been the standout for me, and it's it's much deserved. And you can see that they kind of they maybe want to put Baker into that title scene, and obviously 
face versus heel. So maybe Rose has just been a transitional champ between Rio, who originally they thought would get over a lot more, and Tashida, who has got over a lot more. You know, I thought I, actually, I was questioning whether um, I thought maybe they'd switch that up after the Britt Baker injury. Cause I think I'd said I thought Nyla Rose was going to drop the title to Britt Baker next pay per view. But I don't know if maybe that's changed because of Britt Baker being out. But either way, yeah, she that I think has been one of the, the brightest parts of that, that women's division actually becoming a proper women's division over the last few weeks. Yeah, I think it's actually one of the best women's matches of the year so far. I would go far, oh. go far as saying that. I, I mean, I thought it was a really, really good match, really, really strong. So, yeah, I thought all of my personal... Oh, John, you, you, there's, there's one more thing we have to talk about. What? The, as you've called it, the Tonics Tea Cake. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that on the news. Oh, you know, we, well, can, can I also point, like, so there was another thing that you've been mentioning a lot of times, the lack of how you've not appreciating the legends. What did you think of the little point when Cody does the DDT in front of, uh, in front of Jake, yeah. which is then followed up by, of course, the spine butter. Oh, but did anyone catch the move that came after that? No. The stinger splash. Ah. <laughs> I mean, this is maybe me just looking a little bit too into it, but that's thing of Flash. That says to me that that was then a little kind of another subtle poke at that. Yeah. yeah. And considering where those two are and how, yeah, I've got to kind of bury myself for burying Taz last week when it was actually all just a build to Brian Cage, so they can have Brian Cage versus Darby Allen. So, yeah, I think it's good. I'm, I, I, as much as I, I definitely don't want to stay in the sting in the ring, I think there's a place for him. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and find out about that. But no, I thought actually as a pay-per-view as a whole, I think it was better than Money in the Bank. You could argue, you could argue at some points it was better than um, WrestleMania. There is well, an argument there to be had. I think as well, the fans in the ring made a big difference. Like they had quite a lot of, I mean, not a lot of people, but there were people in that stadium. So I'm unsure of the exact lockdown specifics of the States and how far they pushed it there. So I hope there's no negative fallout from a pandemic standpoint. Yeah. Gary's not getting, Gary's not getting roped into that one. I tried to hook Gary in. We could be arguing it was better. He's no. not getting drawn in. Come on, come on, fishy. Come on, fishy. <laughs> I've got it a bit even with money in the bank for me. I really enjoyed both. Uh, and I think both were great start to finish. Oh. But I, I, I prefer WrestleMania. I've got to say I prefer WrestleMania. <laughs> Fair enough. Right, okay, well... Um, We'll come back to a wee bit more of what, what Alex was referring to the bell um, when we come to the news. Uh, this week, um, no big interviews from Gary. For goodness sake, you've been slacking, boy. Slacking, aye. Shocking. But attention <laughs> is back. Um, as we speak to the Fresh Prince of Dremoyne Square, Ravy Davey, about his favourite bits from the business. Uh, on Fantasy Booking Island, Alex Street continues. So he has the book this week. So me and Gary are booking this week. Alex, what are we taking on? You're taking on AEW's beaten big men from the weekend. So how are you going to revive both Brody Lee or Lance Archer from here? Well, I've got Lance Archer and Gary's uh, got Brody Lee. So we'll see how we get on. I'm hoping for a victory today. Are you, you going to try and like, just, just like, I don't know, do something really bad to Jake the Snake? Like, or <laughs> I mean, no, the irony here is that, uh, irony heals this is probably going to be a squash match with John going over like it would be for getting a big man back on track. <laughs> 
So Only we'll John find... Gary, come on, give, get, get a bit of confidence. <laughs> come on, <laughs> that's not fighting talk, Gary. Come on, um, we'll get on to that a bit later on. Uh, we'll be bunny and putting over all the stuff from the weekly shows. We've got an invited guest again this week. Uh, last week we had Scott Reed from ICW. This week we've got a lad called Kyle Customs. Now, if you're not aware of Kyle Customs' work, you can get him at Kyle Customs 2018 on Twitter. He makes customized wrestling figures. So I know a lot of people out there are right into uh, collecting figures and stuff like that. He does the most incredible work, all hand-painted jobs uh, using the Hasbro stuff. So we'll get into a wee bit about the, that whole thing with him, and he'll be reviewing SmackDown for us as well. So that should be good. Uh, Gary will have all the news from the business. But as usual, we kick off the show as we cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, Gary, you've got the mic this week. What are you cutting a promo on, my son? People who say wrestlers are buried because they've lost a match. And this is probably actually me cutting a promo a little bit on myself because the, the thing we're going to fantasy book later, you know, I'm, I'm a wee bit, I'm a bit unsure on, you know, where we go for here with the two big men. Obviously, we'll get into that. But this goes back to, you know, a few things we... Mainly, mainly Charlotte Flair being involved, we'll say. Um, Charlotte Flair, who I will point out, has lost the last two matches on WWE television. But anytime someone's in the ring with somebody like Charlotte Flair or another big name and they lose a match, I'm going back to a Ruby Riot. I'm going back to a Liv Morgan. People instantly say Ruby Riot's buried. Liv Morgan's buried. Forgetting the fact that, one, they're in the match in the first place and it's not been a squash match. They've got a really good showing in the match. And aside from that... Wins and losses, this is going to be kind of controversial. I don't think they matter all that much. And I would argue that wrestlers probably don't think they matter all that much within reason. If they are getting paid, if they are going and being on global television, not even national television, they're being shown on global television, getting to ply their trade, 20-minute showings against someone who's widely recognized as one of the best wrestlers on the planet right now, then I think you can't really complain at that. For me, TV time is like goes over wins every single day of the week. TV time for me is what is the thing that makes your money, the thing that bumps up your contract. Sure, championships do it as well, but I think it's it's TV time. And you can't have it both ways. If you're going to moan at Charlotte Flair being overexposed on television and winning every match, well, like I said, she's lost her last two, so you can't say wins are important if you're going to moan about Charlotte Flair. And for me, you know, we're going to talk about it a bit later. If anybody's buried, aside from people like EC3 and Eric Young, who were off television for, what, a year and a half, appearing once or twice, the only other person I think you could put in that bracket is someone we're going to talk about later, and it's Drew Gulak, who would appear on SmackDown and then one week later be referred to simply as Daniel Bryan's training partner. That's a burial. Being in a 20-minute match against Charlotte Flair and coming out after a good showing by just losing, you know, after taking her to her limits, that's not being buried. Um, for me, if you're going to see anybody's buried this year, it's only AJ Styles. <laughs> right, you can get wrestling daft merch. You can spend all that money you've saved because you're on furlough or you don't have to commute on merch and go into our store right now. Get your range of t-shirt, hoodies and other accessories. You can get that at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. We've got all the phrases 
from the show up there from Rab and Grado. You've got I'm a Take a Bump for You, I'm a Wrestler Tay, Chip Season Donamai, Margaret is a Fiend, uh, I'm a Mark, and we're getting a new one on. We put a vote up on our uh, Twitter and our social media this week for we're getting a new one done. Alexa, who is Graham Steveley? So we have the design confirmed by you guys who voted on it, and that will be up in the next week. But not only can you buy t shirts, not only can you buy hoodies, you can now have your very own wrestling daft face mask. Now, um, Alex did say last week he was going to do a bespoke design for this. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You said you were going to do a bespoke design. I'm very disappointed you have done. I've been Alex. trying to convince John for weeks that I'm not actually a graphic designer. <laughs> design stuff, it's all the same, isn't it? It's like me. That's, it's just like me saying that you're uh, a da 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 da. No, I don't have a good comparison. I'm going to stop that there. You just stop right there. Uh, so yeah, we're, we've got wrestling daft face masks. You can get them, and Alex will design a, a custom one <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. Um, you can also uh, get a range of bum bags, not just one bum bag. I've now bumped up to lots of bum bags that you can get in there and owed to our friend Gradle on the flagship show. Uh, phone cases. And even check this out, boys, Gary, you're going to like this one. You can get a trucker cap now as well, a wrestling daft trucker cap. <laughs> so you can get that all at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. We'll have all the links up on our Twitter and Facebook as well. And if you do buy something, please get a pick on the social media and we'll stick you in the hall of fame. So get all that stuff, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. <laughs> So every week on The Marks, we like to look back at the wrestling shows from across the week and we buddy and put over things from them. Uh, at this point, we bring on a fellow Mark uh, to do Smackdown and sometimes we have invited guests onto the show. Um, and this week is no exception. We have brought on a very special guest. Uh, he's a man who makes wrestling figures from scratch pretty much. If you want a customised figure, he's done them all from Ric Flair to British Bulldog to our very own Rab Florence. Um, please welcome to Wrestling After Marks, it's uh, Kyle from Kyle Customs. How you doing? Glad to work. Yeah, listen, thanks for coming on, mate. I, 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 we see your work on Twitter all the time. It's Kyle Customs 2018, by the way, if you want to see Kyle's work. He does some fantastic work. Now, Kyle, how did you get into to doing this? You, I mean, you make these bespoke wrestling figures. How did you get into it? It was random. Uh, probably about two years ago now. Uh, start, I went through a kind of nostalgia trip where I wanted to start collecting all the toys and stuff that I had as, as a kid. So I then started searching for the original 12 Hasbro's. Then it then dragged me into a, a wormhole of finding customs. And I started looking at them thinking to myself, do you know what? Some of these are shitty. I could probably do better. So I spoke to a few guys who were making them. Uh, I only owned two customs out with my own ones, and it was one, one boy who made me two things. I got them, and I thought, right, how did I do this? Spoke to him, and he said, right, you break them down, you do this, that, and that. So I basically just went at it. So for my first customs I made for myself was a, a set of Road Warriors with removable pads, and that was it. As soon as people seen them, it just went mad. Uh, so it cracked on for then. It's, it's amazing to always find how big the actual wrestling figure circuit is. I mean, you've now got, obviously, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. Uh, massive, yeah. On it. It's unbelievable. But that's it. So I made I made the barbershop quartet for uh, 
who was at uh, Hawkins for his birthday. Wow, uh, really? So he, yeah, he's, he's brother in law kind of came to me and said, Look, can you make uh, the quartet for his, you know, I mean, Rockers are his biggest team. I was like, Right, I've seen this, is, I want one for myself as well. He says, Right, so I had to make two sets. So that goes send out to him and a new sets in his house. So amazing. Yeah, I've, I've got figures in Tugbot's house, uh, Natty, Nightheart's house. Kind of grumbles, to be honest. What? So you are, what we're going to say now is you are the, if any wrestler wants a figure, you are the man to go to because, I mean, getting it in, uh, you know, obviously Hawkins was, obviously they do the podcast on it and, you know, for you, it must, what, what, that must have been a bit of an honour for these guys to come to you and go, right, can you make a figure for us? Ah, I got said, well, it'd be the Hawkins one, obviously, it was fire. He's, he's brown law as a surprise for his birthday, which was brilliant because Hawkins never knew nothing about it until it arrived. And it was obviously had to make Sean in his gear. And then obviously he had a, I don't know if you've ever seen him, but there's a, there's a custom kind of barbershop set that's, that's around. So he got him that as well. So for his birthday, he get that set. Uh, but just to have it there, it's, it's amazing. Then having like your own podcast and being mentioned in like the major wrestling figure podcast is just amazing, to be honest. Uh, so how do you do, I mean, I'm intrigued because I mean, you're talking about, you know, you, you get the Hasbros, you break them down, and it's all hand-painted, is that, is that right? How do you actually you go about putting together the figures and, and, and that? So the, the kind of, they have the I hand-paint them. A lot of people use decals, which are, you print them off your computer and you stick them on. I, I kind of prefer hand-painting them, because it just gives you that wee bit of life into them, rather than just your normal decal stickers. But anything from boiling them down in a pot in, the, in your kitchen, taking a hacksaw to them, taking your, your Dremel to them, pulling them apart through anger. Yeah, it's just, there's, there's loads of ways of doing it, mate, to be honest. It depends on what mood you're in that day. Just Did a little you... pile sitting there for the angry times and just throw them against the wall and you're like, oh, it's, yeah. it's like, ah, it's, it's, I get to the stage and I'm there sitting, I'm cutting heads off things and arms and my, my one-year-old daughter's running about the garden with like a, a headless toy and I think, I'm glad social security or social services are <laughs> like, come around the house and stuff. So. So, I'm, I'm glad uh, you've done Smackdown then, because it means you could have just saved up the figures for Smackdown and started pulling them apart as you were watching Smackdown. Oh, <laughs> I, I tell you, I, I nearly got to the point where I started getting, finishing a custom, because Smackdown was that bad last night, honestly. <laughs> well, I'd, let, let's leave it at that. We'll come, we'll come back to that in a bit. But um, I know the really interesting stuff, um, Kyle, and thank you as I like, um, as uh, Gary says, for doing SmackDown for us, like you say, you probably launched a few figures off the wall while watching. Um, but let's kick off where we normally kick off before we get to SmackDown, and we'll head over to. It's a bit weird because we've obviously just talked a lot about Double or Nothing, but let's go to AEW of last week and Alex. Last week was it was an interesting show. It was fine. It was it was one of these go home shows that they felt like the week before was actually the go home show, and they'd kind of sped themselves up a little bit too much. There wasn't anything particularly bad, but there wasn't really anything particularly good. You know, they're back live, back in Daly's place with AW's new biggest heel, The Wind, that seems to spoil half the segments. Uh, they've got a crowd back again. They seem to have this weird band system that I can't figure out yet, where all the wrestlers and staff have all got different colored bands on, which I'm assuming is some kind of coronavirus related. And Jake the Snake had them all. So I'm not sure if that just means Jake the Snake is the most vulnerable man in the arena or what. <laughs> <laughs> so... On top of that, this week's buries are going to be pretty, pretty minute, but I'm pulling at straws. 
So my first one is, I'm surprised I've never actually noticed this, but has anyone in detail seen the Jurassic Express entrance video? Because I've not really watched this uh, detail, no. It's some of the worst CGI Jurassic dinosaurs I've ever seen. <laughs> and to top it all off, there's just a bit of Marco flossing on top of a truck in the forest. And I just don't... I just don't get it. I just don't understand. See, that, that is the level of, of berries I'm going for this week. But the second one has to be much more important, which is everyone's favourite alien passing on her alien germs to everyone else by touching them on the nose. And she continued to do this on Saturday night. And I'm not okay with this new part of her entrance. Stop touching people, Statlander. Stop touching people. That's, that's like uh, back in the playground when you were at school. You've got such and such disease. <laughs> hey, just, it's, it's, just, I'm not sure. I, I can't remember if she was doing it before the virus or if she's doing it because of the virus. I'm just generally, meh. doesn't really make any sense to me. And because these berries have been so weak, I'm going to squeeze in one last one, which is how many times they name-dropped Mike Tyson? <laughs> Like, so, so, so many times. There was at least, like, maybe, like, once or twice every five, ten minutes. It just seemed a little bit unnecessary. We get it. He's there. He got free reign of the place, and all he did with his free reign was yawn. So it was seemed a little bit too much hype for too little in the end. Yeah, yeah, fair. Uh, and we've got the king of the name droppers here, so he'll be able to tell you how much... Uh, Mike Tyson's name's got dropped. I, I was actually about to um, stick in a wee name drop when you mentioned the wristband oh, thing there. Gary, um, you know <laughs> oh, so can you explain the wristband thing? See, that's, um, that's, that's what I want. Not precisely, but I do have a wee bit of insight into AEW's coronavirus testing um, protocols, I guess you'd call them. Um, so the one thing I moaned about during the media call was that it was so many like actual media outlets rather than wrestling media outlets, and all they cared about was coronavirus. Nobody gave a toss about the event. So everybody asked about coronavirus. Um, Cody Rhodes said that essentially they've got somehow it's like some kind of spread out system where they're around the venue. Then they queue up to get in the venue, but no one ever meets until they're in the building. To get in the building, you need to go through at least two different testing systems. The first one, I believe, was just a temperature check and a swab, maybe. Um, but that was outside the venue. And then you need to pass that to get into the entrance of the venue and then get another test to actually get in. So essentially, the, the main point that he brought up was that if they had a positive test, the show would still go on because no one else would get um, infected by one person having it. Um, so I guess the wristbands might be something to do with that. Uh, if they're going through those different testing stations, I guess maybe they get a wristband after they've been tested and came it negative. Yeah. I thought it was all inclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Jake's got them off. He's <laughs> yeah. just stolen archers. You know, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, yeah. Right, Alex, what are you putting over? Uh, putting over the kind of mini stadium stampede they had at the end to kind of to kind of close it. Well, I'm not putting over the whole thing. I'm putting over one particular bit, and that was Adam Page running down the length of the entire football field. <laughs> Just to clock Sammy Guevara. So, like, I'll admit, I rewound it just to see at what point you can see Adam Page running out. And he just, you can just look, there he is, there he is! And you just see him running all the way down. I just thought it was fantastic. And the ending shot, am I the only one who felt that the Elite looked almost like the Elite Village people? Just with, like, Hangman in his full chaps. And you had the Elite with, like, the, the Bucks with all their flurry bits. And then Matt Hardy. And then, yeah, just Kenny with his jeans and his T-shirt. He looked like the Workman. So it was a little bit... Little bit village people. That's what that's what their gimmick's based on. Did you not know that? <laughs> well, not, it's like a five sum. Do you know they could have went up there and done YMCA and I'd have loved it. <laughs> um, 
And finally, the biggest putover. This is kind of a twofold from Saturday as well. And I've already mentioned her on the podcast, but Hikaru Shida, who has, as I've said before, has carried that women's division, was great in this match, and then followed up with a great performance on Saturday. And looking forward to see what they do with her with the belt. Uh, match of the night had to be Orange Cassidy against Phoenix. Just a great, great match. Cass in the ring is amazing. The interference towards the end is where things did get a little bit mucky. Where there was those horrible, horrible bumps that we all kind of saw on Twitter the next day. There's the horrible spot where nobody catches Phoenix, which I'm assuming is why he yeah. didn't compete on Saturday. And there's also one when Cassidy comes through the ropes of a tope and you just barely catch him as well. So... Yeah, it was a little bit, it was a little bit, a little bit dodgy, but a little bit botchy, a little bit botchy, a little bit botchy. Yeah. Um, moving on to NXT, we'll start with the buddies. I really enjoyed this show. I, I, I texted the two of you and said, "I'm really enjoying NXT this week." And a lot of people have been saying it's been faltering over the last couple of weeks, but I, I think. I thought Wednesday was one of the best shows I've seen in ages. Um, so not much to bury, really. Um, just a quick shout out to Candice LeRae, who. Um, Says that Mia Yum panders to the is pandering to the crowd. What? Sorry, doesn't. Anyway, that 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 annoyed me. Just, you're pandering. I really hope that that was meant to be tongue in cheek. No, no, she didn't say pandering to the. She didn't say pandering to the crowd. She said pandering to them. I'm like, there's no one there. But anyway, that just a quick mention for Candice on that one. Uh, definitely going to have to bury Keith Lee's pink trainers. Um, he was they were horrendous. I don't know what he was thinking. He's wearing these big pink trainers to the ring. Don't do that, Keith. Don't this is, this is some really top quality barriers for me and you this week, John. You know, so related to the wrestling, just really analytical and on point. I'm going to go analytical her from the next one. I maybe should have ended in the Keith one. I think putting Cross and Champa together as as they did in NXT. You know, they had Champa cutting a, a pro, coming out and cutting a promo on Cross, which was an exceptional promo, by the way. But I think they're going into that far too early. I, I, that's something for me that that should be further down the line. You know, um, Cross should be coming in and, and going over, you know, the raw, some of the roster, some of the players on the roster before coming up against Champa. I mean, I know the kind of stage was set at the, you know, he was turned up at the Champa Gargano match and you saw that clip of him in the car and then obviously he's, he's went over uh, Champa backstage. But I just think that's something that should be down the line, but obviously they're rushing into that really quickly, and I don't understand why they're doing that. But I think there was there was a lot there was not a lot of talk that they were considering putting Cross straight up to the main roster, and I think I was going to say that's that's So do you think they're just going to put Cross in with the big boys straight away, just so they can just move them straight up quick, quickly, put the belt on them quickly, and then I think either that or the belt. I I think they're either going to hot shot them to the title picture or or the main roster as much as I hate saying that but I think it is definitely just to have them have, have a I cup of coffee in it. NXT yeah. like, did you watch any of his impact work John? no I didn't know no, if you watch some of his impact work you can carry it and I think the gimmick's really good the gimmick's on point the entrance is obviously spectacular the entrance is on point apart from the lip syncing the only problem with it is that stupid first name but <laughs> I oh, know, horrible, horrible. So uh, yeah, that that's worry. So not many much to bury, but let's go to to the putovers. Uh, slight since you just mentioned it, I did note that Scarlett's lip syncing was better this week. Um, so she's obviously been practicing. So what did she learn the words to the song that she sang herself? Yeah, 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 yeah. So <laughs> do you know what? I'd also like just on on a side point. Do you know what I love about that entrance is the fact that it just ends. You know, as a, as a producer and, and and guy. Because you usually get a fade out on on the music or something, like that, but it just goes like that, bang, and it just looks cool as fuck. 
So, yeah. Right, okay. First of all, let's put over Shorty Blackheart in an actual fucking tank. <laughs> in an actual tank. <laughs> yes, more of that. I mean, she, I have to say the pro she she needs a wee bit of work in her promo work, I think. She was a little bit too enthusiastic in, in how she how she delivered it and stuff, but she's in a tank, a real tank. Like, And I love how they're doing this kind of tank girl kind of gimmicks now. Like, it is like they're kind of morphed her from this kind of little gimmick tank now. They're now making her into actual tank girl, and she did proclaim that was her actual tank, so I love that. Um, what else? I mean, there was a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, let's just put over, let's pick out the rebirth of promos, the rebirth of promos in NXT is, you know, they've, they've had a bit of time to fill, obviously because of uh, the situation we're in, but they've really used it well, and they've, all these little, you know, cutaway scenes, little promos here and there, it just adds character to, to the wrestlers in the ring. I don't think we see a lot of that on the main roster now, of of people, characters getting built. Like I say, that shorty Blackheart uh, promo we had an R couple wee bits in throughout as well and um, we don't see that enough now and I think I'm hoping that we come out the other end of this pandemic and that they continue to do things like that because I, I think it really just it builds characters um, in wrestling so yeah I'll, I'll put that over I need to, to mention obviously Drake is um, Drake Maverick and really hope that he keeps his career and this has all just been a, a work and that he's going to retain there but you know, that's going to a three-way on this week's NXT, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, no, really good show. Really enjoyed it. A lot of good stuff in there. Only working, Danny. But I couldn't name lots of good stuff from it. Um, match of the night. I'm going to go for Dexter Loomis and um, Strong. Great. Really good. And, the end uh, scene of that afterwards, uh, Loomis just holding him in the like caressing his hair was oh, brilliant. Was, I thought it was, it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I was, yeah, you know what? I should, I should have put that over because that, that, that was really, really good. Uh, I didn't like how uh, he, he lost it, but you know, he because Strong went over Queen on him, but still, I think that. He, yeah, you've he, got like Roddy is a bit, they're, they're, they can't push him too hard because they're pushing Cross so hard at the moment. And Roddy's top tier, do you know oh, what I mean? Like, brilliant. Especially in the ring. Like, I used to think he was boring, <laughs> but Roddy is. Okay. Yeah, what a, what a worker is, what is worker. So yeah, I will put that as match of the night. Right, okay, Kyle, let's move on to you then and SmackDown, my friends. So obviously you made me watch SmackDown. Thanks very much for that. Uh, I must admit it's the first time in a ten months that I've watched SmackDown or probably even more. I need to catch up. I'm an old school guy. But I said I watched SmackDown, so one of the buddies definitely has got to be uh, Strowman versus Miz. Absolutely horrendous match. It basically looked like your big brother but and your wee brother in the living room. <laughs> uh, uh, just everything was just out of time. It was horrendous. It, all it was missing was he's marking him in, shouting at him, he's going to hurt him. It was fucking really bad. Uh, then he obviously finishes out with, he's challenging the two, or they two challenge him to, uh, I don't know how they're going to do this, but a three-way intercontinental match with they two versus Braun Strowman at the next pay-per-view. It's just, it was bad, really bad. Uh, my next buddy is going to be the Bailey Charlotte. Just right from the start, even if the kind of promo leading into it was set in a Johnny's cupboard. There was like bins and, and mops and all that at the back here. I just didn't get it. But it seemed to be that all the promos within SmackDown were done in the Johnny's cupboard. Uh, they got into the match. It just seemed to be a bit of back and forth about who was best and who was going to be 
teaching the other person about how to be a champion. At one point, he barely tried to pull off a Ric Flair strut, and it was like your dad dancing at a wedding. It was horrendous. Uh, probably one of the good parts here was when Charlotte just launched her over the over the barrier, and then she goes into a point where she grabs Adam Coles, the Adam or Michael Coles, his, his headset, and shouts for Sasha Banks through the back in the mic. You could fart in that ring, and she would still hear you in the back. So there's no need to grab it through a mic. I just I didn't get a point on it, but the whole match is it was just very from start to finish. To be honest with you, even you know that Sasha Banks is going to turn on Bailey at some point, uh, and there are all the wee parts are leading up to it. But another very match, it was just horrendous. One of my my putovers goes back to the first match though, the the segment obviously between Miz and Morrison, the the duck sheets. They two are just class. The the, the comedy timing is just perfect. They, they bounced off each other. They were ripping the absolute piss out of Ron Strowman, telling them that he was feeble and that Bray Wyatt had puppets that were betting him. And even showed new puppets like a, a diaper or a nappy. We are shiting it. I can't wait for the WWE shop to sell that. It's a Firefly Funhouse now. Like, new puppet. That'll be horrendous. You can make it, Kyle. You can make it. I might do. Loads of kids on the book. Loads of kids running about with shite nappies now who's kidding on that diaper, innit? Yeah, so that'll be fun when that comes out. Yeah. But yeah, those two are really good until I started getting to the, the actual match and then it just became horrendous. My big massive put over though is uh, AJ Styles versus Nakamura. Uh, what a match. Uh, proper old school where it was just move for move and timing was perfect. They, they just played them in. Uh, even when it came to the kind of slowed down replays, they looked as if they were hurting each other. The, you missed that. They were bang on constantly. It would have been a pay-per-view match, but it was in an empty stadium, unfortunately. But even then, that, that kind of put-over makes it to... That was the match of the night as well. It was just, what a match. Brilliant. I thought that match was the best they've had in WWE. Oh, uh, excellent. Um, yeah. I loved the Wrestle Kingdom match, but that was better than the WrestleMania match they had. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, it was just behind closed doors and all that. Fucking Friday night telegram. No, but at least there was no crotch shot. Which, which is, yeah. which is those matches did not. Nice one. Thank you very much for that. Kyle, Gary, over to you on Raw. Um, I need to bury it. I feel like every time he's on my telly, I need <laughs> no, to bury it. Rob Gronkowski. Oh, Rob Gronkowski. I've had enough. I've had enough of him. Take the title off him. I know that he's a mainstream guy and all that. You know, obviously he's making news with with the belt because he's there. He's moved to Florida and that, which is even worse because it means we'll probably see Merriam. Um, but his promo was horrendous. He done a thing where he took off the ridiculous sunglasses he's got and put them on the back of his head and said there's eyes in the back of his head. He tried to mimic our truth singer doing you know the Seven Eleven Championship and chucking in holes and numbers. Didn't work. Gronkowski is terrible. Um, I don't need him in WWE. Maybe Americans like him. Maybe that's it, but I, I, I can't go him. Um, and then the other Barry, sadly, is another promo. And I love the person that done it, but it just isn't working for me. It's the Liv Morgan promos that they're doing. Mm. The one last week, I was like, I'm just going to let them away with it because they've done this really good job of building her up as a really mm. interesting person. And then they had her thanking her mum and all this nonsense. They've done the same thing again this week. And it's like, just chuck it in the ring. Just give her a match. Like, the promo was long enough that you could have probably, you know, squeezed a match in there. Mm. It wasn't good. Um, and I'm not putting this over 
but I need to mention it because I've just buried two promos. Seth Rollins going back to doing an absolutely amazing promo like uh, like it was about two or three years ago, mm. or maybe even longer than that, maybe about four or five years ago. Um, but Seth Rollins' promo ability is absolutely incredible. Uh, so he kind of made up for it. Yeah, the cat, the over. Yeah, sorry, sorry, guy. I was just going to say, Seth Rollins' character, you know, this, the, you know, this gimmick he's got to, I really, some people out there don't like it. Oh, man. I think it's, I the, best, it. I, I think it's the best gimmick Seth Rollins has, has done in WWE as a hero. I think it's really, really good. A lot good. more refined. He's got a lot more kind of character and Aye. kind of like purpose than just like uh, than authority Seth did anyway. Yeah, it was the the line that he done with um, "Don't move or the kid's eye." Uh, the kid loses his eye. I was like, man, that's that's a brilliant line to have on a PG program because it is just like on that edge of being, you know, like kind of triggering enough for me to think of somebody losing their eye. But that was absolutely brilliant. Um, the put over. This is where I admit that I was wrong. Um, AEW. I moaned when they started putting people in the crowd, but seeing the difference it made last night between having no like sound in the background or having the NXT folk in the crowd, it made a huge difference. Um, but I also need to mainly put over the NXT talents because apparently they were standing for 10 hours while recording both shows that they taped yesterday. Who, who, was, in the, so, who was in the crowd from NXT? Shotzi. Shotzi oh, was wearing a Becky Lynch t-shirt. Oh, uh, sorry. No, they tank. Um, they tank. They had a, so they had shots of Blackheart. They had um, they had Simone Johnson, which was weird because you know the Rock show was on a different channel at the same time. The Titan Games ones. Um, they had everybody thought Dexter Loomis was there and were losing their mind, but it wasn't. It was Ridge Holland, who's also got a mustache. Mm-hmm. Um, they had him. They had uh, Rick Bugs. They had a load of people. They had right. man, pretty much everybody that isn't in like a main program in NXT was there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with NXT if they keep NXT talents there. But it, man, they, they, they did everyone WWE thought that the main roster wouldn't recognise from NXT essentially. Well, they they did acknowledge it. They had um, they had. Kevin Owens at the very start say that NXT stars were in the audience, but then when they tweeted about it, they said performance center trainees. So I think they are trying to create a wee bit of separation there, but no, they, they made the difference. Um, Jessamine Duke and Shotzi Blackheart were two that were just cheering for everything, and it, <laughs> did, it, it made a big difference, made a massive yeah. difference. Um, my second, I'm going to cheat here. I need to put over two things because I've been struggling with this all day. I was going to put over, you know, last week I said how they've been building uh, characters that haven't been that built in the past, but making them believable. Apollo Crews winning the United States Championship was absolutely brilliant. Um, I, I feel like nobody would have cared if they'd have done that before they had the fake injury um, that they had happened to him before Money in the Bank that took him out of Money in the Bank. So that was good. It was a good way to start off Raw as well, rather than sticking the title change at the end. It was just, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it will be interesting now to see where Andrade goes for that. But I was about to say, but surely this contradicts previous Gary, who's been burying the fact that Andrade hasn't won in weeks. Pretty much, yeah, it is. I've decided just to um, completely forget about that faction. They can just lose uh, all <laughs> the matches the they want time. because I don't feel like I they've went too far with it now anyway. That you know, if they start winning matches, it's going to take a while to build them back up. I enjoyed Apollo Crews winning it. I feel like it's a nice new direction. And again, I buried you know, them doing the Gronk thing to appease the American audience. But having Apollo Crews win the United States Championship on Memorial Day was pretty cool. Um, I quite liked that. But the other thing that I was fighting between that with is yet again controversial. 
Viking Raiders Street Profits. Oh. So we had a normal segment. A dance off. It was a dance off. <laughs> Golf. Oh, but, God Almighty. It was amazing because what they'd done is you can blatantly tell that whoever put this segment together had watched Happy Gilmore the night before because <laughs> they had hunters of Happy Gilmore references. They had an alligator on like the on the court green, the green, that's green. what you've got. They had hun- just hunters and hunters of wee like, neat references to Happy Gilmore in there. And while I don't like what they're doing with Viking Raiders, it was entertaining. So well, I, I, I hate putting over, but I need to. Well, I'll let you off. I'll let you off. I can't. I'm, <laughs> oh, I need to go and watch it. Just I, I think we need to start a table of every activity that they do and kind of rank them. So is golf above or below the knife throwing? The axe throwing. Golf sorry. goes to the top. Golf beats axe. Golf goes to the top. Golf so we've got to uh, golf, axe throwing, and then basketball. All right, All right. cool. And carpools, obviously. Next, right. carpool karaoke. Well, thanks for that, Gary. What's your match of the night? Match of the night, yet again, I was, this was one that I almost put in as I put over because it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I've been mentioning how I love you know, Natalia. I think she's absolutely incredible in the ring. Obviously, I'm a fan of Charlotte Flair, and um, for my sins, I've mentioned before that I also like Nia Jax. They put on an amazing triple threat match. Um, Honestly, really good triple threat match. Nia Jax get put through an announce table and, um, you know, it was just hunters and hunters of brilliant wee spots in it. And then Nia Jax came out the winner as well, um, which I quite like having her versus Asuka because they had quite a good rivalry away back at Elimination Chamber last year, two years ago. Um, but the match was just brilliant. Done what I had today and it was just a big, long, like, brutal-looking match. Did you see Char- Charlotte was on there? Was Charlotte in that? Was Charlotte in that? She she's done, match and does that mean she's done NXT SmackDown and Raw in a week? Uh, two, two weeks going as well, and she was on the, the bump as well. So Just going back to the point on, um, obviously, Andrade dropping the US title, that immediately signifies to me that he's going to be finding himself in the world title scene very soon, because obviously there's a story there to tell with Drew. There, so I think what Bobby once he's done with Bobby Lashley, I think that you might see that as the, the next kind of run. It's an odd one. What I've said last night that I really want to see is I'm desperate to see Humberto Carrillo turn heel and join that faction. The Austin Theory's left it because he's Garza's real life cousin. I yeah. think he needs to become a heel, and I think having they two flank Andrade and maybe put Andrade in the title picture after that. I don't know. I think it's going to be Lashley then Jinder Mahal. But if you want to chuck Andrade in there, then I think having those two flank him with Zelina Vega would change up the faction yeah. enough that it might be, you know, it might appeal to maybe a cohesive unit. And they could I think they potentially they can retire Mysterio and get some of their heat uh, kind of status back. Because obviously mm-hmm. the rumours come out that Mysterio is retiring soon. So can you put that in, that Humberto heel turn into that? If Mysterio doesn't come out... they retirement ceremony next week. Yeah, that's right. If, if Mysterio doesn't come out in a salmon pink uh, jacket, I will be very disappointed. <laughs> I hope it just comes out in a salmon-coloured mask. I think that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then you know coming. Right, thank you, Gary. Um, Kyle, thank you so much for coming on doing SmackDown for us. I'm much appreciated. Um, let's just, uh, I have to ask, just, I know you're making a figure for Gredo. He's wondering what body parts you're using to make his figure. Ah, I heard him the other day. I was just wondering if it's going to be Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, to be honest, that's why his ones took so long. Because I'm sitting there, I look at it and go, that's not going to work. Change it. That's not going to work. That'll work. No, it's not going to work. It's, 
Depends on are they fat grado or they are they slim grado or they are they quarantine grado. <laughs> and, uh, just, I, just, get, just get giant haystacks, shave off the beard, put a bum bag on, and they'll be fine. Yeah. Quarantine grado. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, Kel. Listen, let's give a plug to where you can get you get all your details out there. Let's get some business for you. Get some figure orders in for you. Will you for what? You have to make you watch, Mac. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. So both I'm busy on Twitter and. Uh, Instagram, Instagram's my, the main page, and it's just Kyle Customs with two Ks, twenty eighteen. Uh, that's where I, I do a lot of my business. If people are after it, just drop me a, a DM or a PM, and then I'll get back to you whenever it be. But it usually takes like a couple of months to get stuff squared away. Like I said, it's a it's a part time hobby. Yeah, great. Well, listen, mate, you're brilliant working. We'll keep retweeting all your figures because they're absolute class, mate. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Brilliant. I look forward to seeing the Grado figure when we get when we get. Uh, he's get on. Very excited about it, I'll nah, tell you. Couple of weeks, just make it a bun bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember, you can get your buddies and putovers in for Rab and Grado on this week's Wrestling Daft. You can hit us up on our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook for the Friday show. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Bad news. Bad news. The Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. You know it's getting better every week because the smirk on Alex's face gets slightly less. Uh, so you know that the, the jingle's getting better every single week. It's growing on him. I guess my happy I... place and block it out now. <laughs> it's growing on him just like that Tash is over there. Your xylophone's <laughs> coming from Wish, mate. I spent a dollar on it, so that means it's going to be here by September. Uh, yeah wrestling news um, and I'm very excited about this first story that we have for you it was sad sad times last week when we reported that Drew Gulak had contract had come to an end and then he didn't appear at double or nothing but a light has shone down upon us Gary what's happening with Big Drew lovely bit of continuity here where this is what we ended with last week and it's exactly where we're starting the day um, Drew Gillard I think it's favouritism on the news from John favouritism <laughs> sadly there's no Akira Tozawa news uh, we'll hopefully not get to that at any point so that John stays happy um, but no it's reported that Drew Gulak has re-signed with WWE um, this, was <laughs> this is something that um, the first two main bits of news have came out of what WWE is taping this week so Drew Gulak apparently is going to be on SmackDown uh, this week after being moved to the alumni section last week and um, being referred to as Daniel Bryan's training partner, which I really hope is how they refer to him for now on. I hope they don't even call him Drew Gulak. Just call him Daniel Bryan's training <laughs> partner. Um, but yeah, uh, this was for uh, Sean Ross at Fightful Select. Um, he reported it first. And essentially what he's got is that he didn't know if Drew Gulak had actually properly re-signed but Gulak was in a battle royal on SmackDown, which obviously we don't know what that battle royal is going to be for. Uh, don't know if it's going to be to determine the number one contender or the Intercontinental Championship or the, the Universal Championship, I guess, uh, would be the two logical things. Nothing else that it could really be for. But an odd one. Um, but apparently he's in a battle royal anyway. Right after uh, Sean Rossap reported that, I went and had a wee check of the WWE.com alumni section and the current superstars section, and Drew Gulak is indeed back under current superstars on the SmackDown brand. So you'd have to think that he's re-signed. 
which we mentioned last week, you know, the negotiation tactics, sometimes walking away through the table isn't the, the worst thing you can do. It'd be interesting to know how much uh, how much money he's got and if we see Drew Gulak with the Universal Championship in the next uh, couple of weeks. <laughs> 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 instant, instant Intercontinental Champion. Can, 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 I, work, can I speculate the Battle Royales for the 24-7 uh, Championship and that um, <sighs> Gronko Gronk uh, give it up and that's what the Battle Royals for? Can I speculate on that one? Yeah, I don't know why I think that. I don't know why I think that. But yeah, no, great to see Drew Gulak back. I mean, it's a bit of sour grapes, you know, with the whole last week thing, but he was referred to as Daniel Bryan's <laughs> training partner. And now he's back. It's like, oh, that's true. But Gulak's back. But I, like, I, I would love that if it just referred to him as Daniel Bryan's <laughs> training partner from now on. That would be brilliant. Um, so good news for Drew and good news for Matt Riddle as well. I so this is one that um, I speculated on it a wee bit last week after they announced this uh, cage fight between him and Timothy Thatcher because I'm going, it's really strange that they're not having this in your house and it seems like the kind of, you know, match, it's not even a match but it's meant to be a fight but it seems like the kind of thing that it's quite hard to do a funky finish with that and it seems like, you know, a, a feud ending match. So it's gone, why would they not have that in your house? And I started speculating, well, is Matt Riddle maybe going to move to either the title picture on NXT or Raw or SmackDown? Well, last night, a photo goes up online uh, on Matt Riddle's Twitter of him standing in his gear. And it could, be, it could be an old photo, you never know, it could be an old photo. But there was tapings going on at that time when he put that photo up. And I'm going, this looks like he's going to be on, on Raw because that's what's being taped at the time. I was half right. <laughs> I say that rather than saying I was wrong. Um, but then rumours started coming out uh, for a few places. Dave Meltzer, um, my, my favourite journalist on the planet now, after <laughs> I'm a Matt Riddle story, I, I need to say. Um, but uh, Dave Meltzer said that his call-up was imminent um, and that the cage fight will be his last match or will lead to his last match. Um, then PW Insider started reporting on it as well. A few other places. Um, annoyingly, I fell asleep and at 5am... I got a message for somebody in Florida saying Matt Riddle is definitely moving to SmackDown and it will be either this week or next. So, Oh, he's got a source. He's got a source I, in Florida. <laughs> Sadly, I woke up at uh, 1pm, so all the news had already been out at that point and I've completely <laughs> dropped myself out. Um, but apparently he's going to be on SmackDown this week or next. I would guess next week. Uh, the, the thing is, apparently it either got recorded last night or it's being recorded this afternoon and, you know, East Coast time. But I, I can't wait for it. And the one thing that immediately came to my mind is I'm going, why did I think he was going to Raw? Because there's a ready-made story from on SmackDown because who eliminated him for the Royal Rumble? But the man with seven years of bad luck, Baron Corbin. So looks yeah, like that would yeah. be... Do you think you'll go in the a feud with, way? Do you think you'll go in a feud with Corbin then? Do you think off the bat? I'd have thought so, um, but the you know it's an odd one. I don't really know what the balance of SmackDown's rosters like when you look at the singles division because they're kind of merging the singles and tag team divisions a lot. I'd I, instant thought. I thought you know it would be best going in there as a babyface, but then I looked at the roster and it's like there actually is quite a lot of quite a lot of babyfaces there anyway. Well, but I'd like to think the debut Matt Riddle's a face. Are you remembering the big thing that's happened? The other big thing that's happened for SmackDown, though—they've transferred over a top heel. AJ, uh, AJ Styles. I, yeah. I think he's going to be a face on SmackDown. 
uh, after the Nakamura match. I, just, I don't know. I've got a wee feeling that he's going to be a face. Aye. I can't reassure them if they just put him straight in. Like, just give him like Aye. another month as a heel just to have a couple of matches with Riddle. Does, <laughs> Riddle, does, Riddle, does, Riddle, work, does Riddle work as a heel, though? I mean... I no, I think he's too likable, man. He's too likable. His likeable. whole gimmick, his whole gimmick's just too, you know, that stoner gimmick is just, you can't make that heel. I don't know how you could make that heel. Um, well, but that yeah. was, um, last year when I interviewed him, like the first time round, I asked him, uh, would he like to go to Raw or SmackDown? Who are the people that he would like to work with? You know, the generic kind of question I wouldn't ask nowadays, but I actually got a good answer. Um, and he said that the people on the main roster, apart from Brock Lesnar, um, that he wanted to work with, were AJ Styles, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, and Daniel Bryan. Oh, so, so three of them are on SmackDown. Oh, <laughs> Cesaro Riddle would be good, wouldn't it? That would be That would be good. I think give it more than five minutes for Cesaro's most recent runtime. <laughs> I'm slightly disappointed in ways, though, because you know he didn't have the big strap in NXT. You know, it means we're going to not see uh, Stallion Pete and Matt together again. Oh, did it, man? Pete could come straight up when he comes up as that, well. We could bring them up together. You know what, Alex? That's not a bad shout, that. That's not a bad shout. Because Pete's been in NXT for ages. They've never promoted anyone from NXT UK. Like, if you'd have said when NXT UK started, you would have imagined Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne would be on the main card just now. Yeah. I, would, I, would have I, know it was in the, I know it was in the UK, but he got a massive pop when he appeared on Raw that one time. Yeah. yeah, I think he's really yeah, over in the States. Well, he has been up for yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's a decent shout, actually. They might fall out the tag division then with uh, Pete Dunn when he comes back as well, so I could shout. Um, and finally, it was getting slagged the rotten on our Patreon party. Um, the TNT belt um, on the you mean the TNT nothing. cake, John? The TNT cake? Yeah. <laughs> the TNT, <laughs> the TNT cake. Uh, I can't take the credit for that. It was uh, Ian uh, Drew Clay... Uh, Dice Clay on Twitter that points out that the TNT belt, belt looks like a Tunnox tea cake. Um, and the makers have come out in response, Gary. I, um, I spotted, I actually spotted this on Facebook before I seen all the criticism just because I went on Facebook before I went on Twitter. Uh, but they've essentially said that the belt is unfinished. So it is going to change uh, a wee bit. I don't know how much it's going to change, but what the makers have said is that it's going to get some kind of gold plating, which there's a, a fan photo that's gone wild on online just now. That is just that. It's just a fan photo. But somebody has essentially merged that belt with the heavyweight title and put the gold plating on it. But they've no changed the TNT. Um, my hope is that the TNT changes to look gold rather than just have solid black um, black outline. But there is a good reason for it. Apparently, the coronavirus pandemic, which has disrupted everything in wrestling, disrupted the production of this belt. Yeah. Um, and it was meant to be finished by Double or Nothing, but apparently they've been making uh, respirators and you know equipment for emergency services. <laughs> so I think we can forgive them uh, for not getting a belt finished for a wrestling <laughs> show. <laughs> how it make, <laughs> make you feel really <laughs> shit? Actually, <laughs> belt looks shit because we're making respirators. All right, okay. Sorry, said anything. Sorry, said. There's one really cool thing um, about the belt. I don't know if you've noticed the side plates on it. Um, there's a building on it that's called uh, Tara on Tech, uh, and it is from TNT's campus essentially. And it's just like it looks like you know the old kind of Coliseum type buildings that have got the four pillars at the front and then the triangle top. You know the kind of Greek looking Roman looking buildings. Mm. I guess I'm terrible with architecture, but those <laughs> kind of buildings you see on university campuses. 
nice wee fancy building, but apparently the, the nice story there is that, you know, it was on TNT's campus, and this is where Georgia Championship Wrestling uh, was filmed oh. in this building, on the top floor of the building. Georgia Championship Wrestling obviously played host to a load of people like Ole Anderson, you know, Arn Anderson was there, and Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Um, so it's really nice that Cody Rhodes is holding the belt with those side plates on it, I think. Oh, so I'll put over one thing for the belt rather than burying the full way that, front it. Right, okay, come, coming to you, quite quick pop quiz, what is your least favourite wrestling belt that you've seen? This one goes uh, hand in hand with the 24-7 championship. Both of them are right down there for me, and I think they're both very similar. Is there something about coloured straps that just doesn't work for me at all? I think the 24-7 title is actually worse, as at least, as you said, this is like the nice side plates. There's some okay things about this. But the 24-7 plate was just... Sorry, 24-7 belt is just sheer lazy. And to be honest, and the I shoved... That, uh, One's on Cody Rhodes and one's on Rob Gronkowski kind of helps add to that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Right, okay. We might actually, we should do that on the, the list of wrestling data. Well, just, just before you leave, did you hear another rumour from AEW about Fighter Fest? Oh, go and scoop him Yes. Out. Go and scoop him. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was getting it. Is this, is this on the list, is it? It no. wasn't on the list, but I, I did uh, see about it. Okay, but. so there's been a rumour that, I mean, this is obviously just speculation, but Fighter Fest was originally meant to be held in London. This uh, year? I, can, uh, I can scoop you by saying it wasn't a rumour because Tony Khan confirmed it to Alex McCarthy of TalkSport. Oh. The, the best part is he wouldn't say where it was meant to be, but you'd have to think the two places that were rumoured, uh, or the one place that they kind of rumoured beforehand was the Royal Albert Hall, but... Craven Cottage. We were in a stadium. I, I was like, we were in a stadium for the Bournemouth, so Craven I, Cottage. Dad owns Fulham. Oh, Matt. Oh, we would have all went to that as well. Uh, yeah, like that would have, that's a trip that I think everyone in Scotland would have went to. Damn you, virus, uh, yet again. Damn you. But he did say that um, they would definitely be coming back, and the reason that he wasn't unveiling where it was going to be is because future plans would be, you know, <laughs> potentially in that place. So you never know yeah, next yeah. year. Right, okay, well, when it, when it does happen, we're all down there. That's it. En masse, we're going, we're going. Right, let's talk about Patreon. We talk about it every week, and we want you to give us your hard-earned cash by signing up to our Patreon service. It means you get extra content from Wrestling Daft every month. Uh, we've got Tier 1, which is a Cruiserweight Champion. Four dollars, but three pound a month. On that, you'll get Patreon-only chat community, ad-free versions of all episodes, early episode access to the flagship show, bonus content from the shows, full video. We give away an awful lot of stuff for for only four dollars a month on this uh, full video version of this very podcast, and you can vote on the list of Wrestling Daft on there, patreoncom forward slash Wrestling Daft. That's where you can sign up. Tier two, Intercontinental Champion. $10 a month, about seven odd pounds. Get everything in tier one, as well as video version of Rab and Grado on the flagship show. Getting invites to our Patreon part, pay-per-view parties as well. And you get a bonus episode once a month. And this week, boys, we are going to record an AEW report card. We're going to get drunk and we're going to do that. And then um, we'll do that this week. So that'll be a bonus episode. And I'm still trying to tie down bloody Grado for this interview about his career. He's a fucking nightmare. But that will happen. That will happen. Uh, tier 3, you can up that there. $20 a month, about 15 quid. Um, live events, we're going to get them rolling out as soon as this shit finishes. Damn you again, coronavirus. Uh, we're going to have a live event. 
um, so you'll get free access to the live event. Plus, you'll get a free wrestling daft t-shirt of your choice. Or you a face mask, surely, John. Or a face you can mask. Have a, you can have a face mask if you want. All you need to do is sign up for a minimum of three months, um, and you'll get the chance to come on this show as a mark. Though everyone's absolute shite. I ask every week. Who wants to come on and review SmackDown? And they all shite it. So get signed up and you can come on the show. And don't, don't be a shite bag and come on and do the, do the review of SmackDown. So if you want You've to come... You've got to do don't be a shite bag and review SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a salesman, I mean. Uh, don't be a shite bag. Uh, Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get on. Uh, don't be a shite bag and we'd welcome you to the roster quite happily unless you're a shite bag. Yes, we're on Fancy Booking Islands yet again, uh, and I'm stuck here again for being basically shite last week. Can, can um, I add an extra challenge in, right? If John loses this week, John has to also create a theme tune for Fancy Booking Island. Right, okay. <laughs> Do you not like the effects I've got playing in the background just now? I think that's quite nice. Well, they are quite nice, but you've got you've got a theme for the news, so I think you also need to sing a theme for Fantasy Booking Island. Right, okay, right. I'll, 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 I'll do that. Right, okay, so the, what the script is here is basically Alex picks something from the wrestling that me and Gary have to book. We have three minutes in which to book it, and then Alex decides who the winner is. And Alex is on a complete streak because I think he's won every time against us. Uh, so here we go. It's the battle of the big losers here. That take on Gary. Um, we're going to flip a coin to see who starts, Alex. You're going to flip a coin. Oh, no, it's got to be Gary. We have to flip the badge with Gary's face on it. That is now the official fantasy booking coin. Right, yeah, yeah. Cool. I have a badge here. Uh, John, you can call it since it would be unfair I'd, I'd of feel weird calling heads for you, Gary. <laughs> that would be your head, but then tails is a bit weird. Now. I'll go tails. Cool. Heads. Well, do you want to start or do you want uh, to last? I'll start because mine is very short. <laughs> very short and concise. Right, okay. short and sweet, does it? Okay, so this week I have to now watch my words very carefully to not light a small fire under Gary. So they'll be booking AEW's beaten big men, Lance Archer and Brody Lee, who lost the two title matches on Saturday night. And your time starts now. Cool. So I feel like I can actually waste a bit of my time here by saying why uh, I'm booking this in the way that I am, because it's not going to take me three minutes to tell you my booking idea. Um, one of the strangest things for me was putting Brody Lee straight into the, the world championship picture in AEW, because I feel like it was being booked into a corner, or they were booking themselves into a corner to begin with. If he's not becoming champion, you've got the exalted one, you know, the most mysterious, powerful being in AEW, losing a match. Um, so it doesn't really make any sense unless they've done a funky finish. But yep, after that, I feel like the only way to book Brody Lee is after his loss and his recent questionable behaviour of his Vince McMahon parody character is Evil Uno debating as to whether he truly is the exalted one. And that leads us into dissension in the ranks of the Dark Order. Um, we get a few teases, you know, back to the storyline of who is the exalted one, Evil Uno questioning Brody Lee the full time, and that results in Evil Uno going, maybe I'm the exalted one, and then heading into Fighter Fest, we get a big blow-off match between Brody Lee and Evil Uno to essentially decide who is the exalted one, but 
they can't actually decide it because the exalted one is the exalted one. So they are having this match fighting over who the exalted one is. Meanwhile, the rest of the Dark Order are all scrambling to try and get them both back on track. And I've got Brody Lee winning that match. Um, coming out of that match as the Exalted One, Evil Uno bound down at the end, and then the Dark Order go on to feud with the Elite. And that's as far as I went. <laughs> See, I quite like that, although I thought for a second you were going to have a new surprise Exalted One come out in the middle of the match. And it I was, was all going to be like a big conspiracy. <laughs> I was but tempted, I but I didn't want to job out Brody Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that would, that would end up probably hurting him more than helping him, really, at the end of the yeah. day. <laughs> I thought you were going to be... I thought, well, it should just be Wade Barrett. That's who... Bad <laughs> <laughs> News Barrett, Pete Dunne and Neville are all the, the exalted one. <laughs> so, yeah, like, like Dark Order is English. I like, like the idea of inner turmoil within a faction that then actually makes the faction stronger at the end instead of having it break up. I think that's quite an interesting way to approach it. Yeah, no, Gabe's good. Good. Right, I'm going to have to And he's got, right, so just before we start, John, I think I'm going to have to fire a warning shot across your bow here that you need to be on time this week because, I mean, there's been multiple instances now of you uh, <laughs> runningly massive over and if it happens again, John, you will be most definitely disqualified. Could you give, could you give me a minute warning when it comes down to a minute? I can do, yes. Right, thank you very much. Right, okay. Start the timer now. So I'm booking Lance Archer. Now, obviously, he uh, lost to, to Cody Rhodes there at the weekend. So he demands a rematch, right? That's what should happen. He wants a rematch and he wants that TNT belt, even though it looks mine and looks like a Tunnock's tea cake. Um, <laughs> Cody refuses, just outright refuses. He's got bigger fish to fry. So then starts, you know, Jake cutting promos on Cody. You're living in fear, all the chicken shit stuff. You know, cuts promos all the time. Cody refuses to give him the match, show, right? So that means Lance Archer starts unpicking everyone that Cody loves. So then we suddenly see the likes of the Elite being destroyed and left in backstage. Then he goes after Dustin, and he leaves him completely broken. So Dustin obviously asks for a match the next week. Still carrying the injury, goes into the ring. Again, Archer destroys him in the ring. But not only does destroy him, Jake then comes into the ring with a snake, and it is a venomous snake which basically poisons Dustin, and he is left paralyzed. Okay. So that brings out Cody, and he fight that teases him out to a match for the TNT belt at Fighter Fest. Um, and basically, again, Cody fights, and it's the first snake pit match. This is called the snake pit match. There's snakes surrounding the ring as Cody fights Archer. Archer goes over to Cody. He wins the belt, but at the end, Dustin, as he's about to get thrown into the snake pit by Archer, he, out comes Dustin in the wheelchair, paralyzed. But oh no, he's not paralyzed. He gets up, he jumps into the ring, and he saves his brother. So that then set, has Archer with the TNT belt on him, and it sets up at the next pay-per-view, Archer versus Dustin. Um, there's obviously some outside interference with Cody, which keeps Archer looking strong. One minute. Dustin goes over Archer to win the TNT belt on the last strap he'll get in his career before he retires. The end. I, I, I've, I've two questions. Yes. One, can you please elaborate on the snake pit match and what more <laughs> the rules right. are involved? The snake pit, the snake pit match is a bit like the kennel from hell match, in so far as it's a bit like snakes on the plane. So, 
think Raiders of the Lost Ark with a wrestling ring in the middle of it. So that is a snake pit match. Okay. So obviously there'll be lots of teases of all the snakes that won't be venomous, but be, <laughs> all the teases of them getting thrown out the ring. Nothing will ever happen. It's just a cool visual of all these snakes around the ring. Well, you know, I'm, I'm having a little bit of like a flashback to like some of the fire around the ring matches mixed yeah. with Bray Wyatt's graphics from WrestleMania, and I'm I've not went, sure I, if I like I've it. Went I think I've gone too far. I've went a bit attitude there with the paralyzed stuff with Dustin and Snake Pit match. I've went attitude. I went Vince Russo on your ass, Alex. How do you uh, like that? I don't know if it's worked because my second question is: Is the actual end goal of your booking here to again put a Rhodes brother over Lance Archer? Sort of, but then I thought it would be it, I, I thought it would be nice for the last, you know, Dustin's la, last kind of hurrah, because he's not going to get into the world title picture. It'd be nice to have a belt on him before he ends his career in AEW. I, I completely I, agree with that. I just don't think doing it over Archer now is the time to do it. But there's and outside interference and there's snakes, Alex. You went too far, John. Because that the snakes. Yeah. I really wish you wouldn't have been simple. And so this I week's winner went first is Gary Cassidy. <laughs> yes! I was about to say I wish uh, John went first because I was going to book uh, Rowan coming in as the exalted one and have a spider match, a spider pit match, oh. and have uh, electronic spiders all the way around the ring. <laughs> Damn it! But I'll take the win. John, I think you need to let it's 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 maybe or maybe because I don't want ridiculously over the top snake pit matches in my wrestling. I'm sorry. Different judge, I think, could have called that one differently, but I'm, I'm sticking with my decision. John, you have went too far. Rain it in. <laughs> right. Well done, Gary. Well done. I can't wait to book uh, you guys. Um, you, you guys fantasy booking a snake pit match next week. <laughs> what is the best <laughs> pit match we could have? <laughs> so the 10 count is back because Gary hang his sh- head in shame, didn't get a big wrestler on this week. By the way, I have to say, Mr. Casty, we're getting so much abuse from Rab and Grado uh, these <laughs> days because, like, why, why have you got Christian on the show? Why have you got Leo Rush? I'm like, oh, just Gary. Gary books him. He's, he's the man in the know, you know? So, like I say, Grado's got to up his game on the, the flagship show. But we do have the 10 count returning. He was on a couple of episodes ago. If you've not heard the interview with Ravy Davey, get back into the archive and have a listen. He's a top, top lad. Uh, a guy full of ambition has come from absolutely, you know, he's come from the schemes of Glasgow and is now a stalwart and one of the, the better performers in ICW, if I have to say that. It's Fresh Prince of Drummond Square on the 10 count. It's Ravy Davy. First wrestling match you watched. First wrestling match ever watched. Uh, it was, remember the Hingway, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Right, Shamrock, when he slaps his sister or some shit. Whatever the first match on that was, that's the first match I watched because I was four years and a wee bit and I was I got, I got allowed to stay in at my, uh, my cousins and stay up for it. That was the first ever one. That Obviously, makes me feel old, you said you were four. That the, the, that the, the, the main event, show, big show Aye. in Stone Cold. Paul White. Aye, it's Paul White, he's the hottest free agent. Best match you've wrestled in. There's three, right? The one I had with Bram uh, the night before the... That was brilliant, actually. Brilliant. Uh, the match I wrestled Wolfgang for the ICW World Heavyweight title and the, the, the GUU or something like the university thing, gonna show up there. And then the one I wrestled Gredo in the garage. Favourite opponents? Favourite opponent? I probably you in the pubs. Really? 
Bye. Favorite wrestler of all time. Eh, uh, Shawn Michaels. Favorite tag team. Favorite tag team, the uh, Edge Christian. Favorite finishing move. Eh, uh, favorite finishing move, probably the, what do you call it, Sweet Chair Music. Favorite promo of all time. It's not really that promo, but the cut angle and make your ankle hurt. Now make your ankle hurt. Favorite entrance theme. Favorite entrance theme. Sorry, because I don't know what I mean. Heartbreak. Ah, that's good. Favorite pay per view. Either Armageddon 2000 or. Survivor Series 2002, I think. Well, Shawn Michaels won the belt again. Favourite match of all time. See, man, this is brutal, man, I've said Shawn Michaels for everything, so I'm trying to think of something wee bit different here. Uh, I know Mick Foley and uh, Triple H at the Royal Rumble. Rumble, Rumble, that's a good shout, mate. Uh, that's that's one of my favourites as well. That's a great shout. So that's it from our uh, week of wrestling daft the marks. Thank you very much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, twice a week now for wrestling daft. Once with the headline show uh, with Rab and Grado on a Friday, and then you've got us the marks, which are more the Sunday night heat on a Tuesday. Remember, get yourself onto Patreon. Sign up for that. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Or get yourself wrestling daft merch at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Um, before we go, Alex and Gary, a uh, list of wrestling daft this week with Rab and Grado. Uh, Eric Bischoff, believe it or not, turns 65. He doesn't look it, does he? But That's because of mountains and mountains of hair. Oh, I know, he has went, nat- he has went nah. to natural grey now. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he turned 65, so we thought we'd do the best moments f- under his tenure in WCW this week on the list of wrestling daft. Alex, do you have a favourite WCW moment from Eric Bischoff years? Oh, from the Eric Bischoff years, you have to give him the debut of the NWO. I know it's the sad one to go for, but it's it was good, and it was before everything else went wrong, and he just stole the idea from Japan. Yes. Gary, what about you? I'm absolutely raging you've confined me to WCW because my favourite Eric Bischoff moment of all time is the Chuck and Billy wedding. So I'm absolutely raging you've confined me to WCW. But I think everything they done with the presentation of Sting for me, um, it just, you know, it made, it made Sting essentially one of the best characters. Um, and essentially the opposite of that, I would say everything they done with Goldberg is what I hate because now we get Goldberg back on telly every couple of months. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could, the initial Goldberg run was interesting. Like, I mean, I, I'm saying that like, I was watching uh, WCW in 1997, and unfortunately my memory doesn't go back that far. Well, see what the punters have to say on Friday. If you want to get your favourite WCW moments in memory, you can get us up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, I think you should do a secondary list for his most ridiculous WCW moments as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, we should actually you know what we should do a list on Russo as well and Russo's most ridiculous decisions. Triple cage match, John. Triple cage match. Everyone yep. needs a triple cage match. Absolutely. Um, oh. Before we go, I was I was going to set you guys a challenge to recreate a wrestler's entrance, and I said I would do it this week. I've not done it yet, but I, I will get it done. And as soon as I get it done, I'll get it up on the Patreon, and then I'll release it next week. I'm sure everyone's waiting in anticipation for it. So um, I will recreate uh, my wrestling entrance. So you two get thinking what you're going to do for, for your entrance uh, for when it comes to you next week. 
I'll tell you what, there's there's an added incentive. Whoever loses fantasy booking island next week has to do the entrance. There you go. Um, and I can't because I've done one already. Um, right, so yeah, uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Have you got anything you'd like to plug, Gary? Absolutely nothing at all. Um, quiet week, sadly. <laughs> Obviously, I was meant to be on the, or I was on the Cody Media call last week, but I knew everything after double or nothing for them. It's just getting back to normal. I'm hoping to be interviewing somebody for AEW in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll wait and see if that plays out. Aside for that, it's a waiting game for everything else. My Dave Mastiff interview will finally be out this week, hopefully, um, in the next couple of days. So hopefully people can check that one out. Well, we have Dave Mastiff interview on the show next week then. I can send it on. Um, hopefully, we'll, uh, hopefully we'll have a different one, uh, but you never know. I was going to uh, try and tease something there, but I've got nothing confirmed as of yet. Right, okay, or... If not, we'll have Dave Mastiff. <laughs> well, I wouldn't like Dave Mastiff to be a backup. Because, I mean, Dave Mastiff was a big boy. He's a very big boy. And be it was a good interview as well. It was a, it was a nice chat as well. Um, and he was just a really nice guy. So, hi. Great. Uh, Alex, anything from you? I'm just hoping that you end the show with your new catchphrase. That's all. I've remembered what it was again. I've made don't be a shite bag and review Smackdown. <laughs> don't be a shite bag and review Smackdown. Yeah, that is my new catchphrase. I'm going to get that on a t-shirt. Um, thank you very much for listening. We've been the Marks and we'll be marking out at the same time next week. Audio Frontier.